Hello and welcome to everyone watching us live and everyone listening later to the Story X Story podcast where we discuss stories across pop culture plus give you advice on creating your own. It's episode number 52 and for the last recording of the year, I'm your co-host Nigel. I am Tazzy, content creator, streamer and co-host. And our guest for this final recording of 2020 needs no introduction but he's going to get one anyway he is the host of wtf weekly on jinx esports tv uh, an el gato gaming partner he could have been anywhere in the world right now but he is here with us welcome mr midas it's so funny people always compliment my intros but that intro there was hard still that was very hard i like it i like it thank you well thank you for having me back and for the game we're talking about today. We had to, we had to do it. We had to um, bring Midas back because uh, this is the second time he's been on the show. The first time was to discuss the first part of today's story. We had Midas on when we talked about The Last of Us part one, and we just had to get him back for uh, part two. So for people listening um, to this on our podcast, on the audio version, we're going to put a link to episode 28 in the show notes so you guys can listen to that conversation. And yeah, everyone joining us live, uh, stay tuned for what I'm sure is going to be a really interesting conversation uh, on this game. So for people who haven't already subscribed to us, just to let you know that you can subscribe to Story X Story uh, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, uh, pretty much wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, as always, you can send us your feedback to feedback at myamada.com or shout us on social media. Um, you might want to after this episode, who knows? Uh, we are Myamada on Twitter, at Tees on Instagram and at Tazzy on both. So before we get into our main discussion, I just want to give a quick update um, as to what's happening in the Mayamada universe. Today is, like I said, the last recording of 2020. Um, so at the end of this year, uh, first of all, well done everyone for making it uh, to the end of the year. Uh, we're going to be taking a break. So this is the end of season two of Story X Story. We'll be taking a break over January and then coming back with new episodes in February. Uh, but we will still have content to come. Um, we're going to have bonus episodes over um, the Christmas period uh, and a couple over January. So yeah, just make sure that you subscribe um, so you can catch all of those. Uh, one of those live streams, one of those bonus episodes is a live stream uh, that we did where we had a bunch of past podcast guests to chat. I think that VOD is still up on our Twitch page, uh, but we're going to be breaking that into five bonus episodes. Uh, we did five different segments, so five different podcast episodes. So that's going to be going in your feed um, as well. Uh, another thing I wanted to let people know is that we are uh, trying something new. We're going to put together a best of the year episode. So I've started putting this together. Uh, it's going to have some of the best bits from uh, this year's, this season's recordings, uh, also some bloopers. And I've started putting together the bloopers. Tazzy and I feature uh, pretty well uh, <laughs> in that. Um, and then some of the bits that we discuss before we start recording. So yeah, that's going to come, uh, I think, at the end of this week, which is Christmas Day or Boxing Day, one of those days. Uh, I can't remember which. So uh, stay tuned for that. And yeah, just in general... 
Um, people that are following us know we do stuff with uh, video games. Um, so we have our next gamepad online event coming on January the 16th, uh, plus other gamepad live streams from January uh, and into uh 2021 so make sure you are subscribed to the podcast make sure you are following us on discord and if you want to jump um yeah jump in our discord follow us on twitch so you don't miss a thing uh i think i covered sort of all the the uh the admin notes for now so we're just going to jump into this discussion all right so this is what you're all here for so we are here to talk about the Last of Us Part 2, which is a third-person action-adventure game from Naughty Dog, which follows on from The Last of Us Part 1, and has received a fair amount of uh, praise, criticism from fans, from the gaming media. Uh, it has also recently been awarded uh, Game of the Year um, at the Video Game Awards. So we're going to talk about the the game itself. We're going to talk about some of the controversy, or maybe not controversy, um, around the game and just see what everyone makes of it. So spoiler alert, uh, you, we are going into depth on The Last of Us Part 2 from beginning to the end, which Tazia just got to the end of the game. Literally, <laughs> like 15 minutes before jumping on the call with Nigel, like, finish the game. <laughs> We're going to be discussing all of that. If you want to dive deep into Part 1, like I said, Episode 28 of the Story X Story podcast, can get that game spoiled for you also so you have been warned so before we get into the discussion i'm going to throw it out to uh, midas and tazzy i just want to recap of uh, the last of us um story so the last of us part two uh, takes place five years after the events of part one uh we now take control of ellie who is 19 years old and along with joel has settled down in tommy joel's brother um his community they're living in relative peace within this thriving community however while on patrol joel and tommy rescue a stranger abby anderson from an infected horde they return to an outpost run by abby's group former fly fireflies who are now part of the washington liberation front they attack Joel and Tommy. Uh, Abby seeks revenge against Joel for murdering her father, a firefly surgeon. Searching for the brothers, Ellie arrives to witness Abby beat Joel to death and swears revenge. She hunts down those responsible one by one and is confronted with the traumatizing physical and emotional consequences of her action. And I want to jump straight into those consequences. So Midas, before we put this, um, as I was putting these show notes together, I went back to our earlier discussion on part one, because at the end of that, you might remember I asked people what they want from part two. This was before it came out. So I kind of went back to that and seeing if basically everyone got what they wanted from this game. So did you, that's my first question. Did you get what you wanted from this game? And let me just remind um you, I think, uh, Midas, you said that you wanted, you basically wanted uh, Naughty Dog to tell the story that they wanted to tell and find out what that was about. Did you get that? Oh, hell yeah. They told the story they wanted to tell. More than I even, I can't even now, I'm, I'm, I'm vexed at myself for even saying that statement. They really told their story. And I think... There's so much back and forth with the original Last of Us, like, is Joel the bad guy? Well, 
they kind of sum that up in this one. He was a very, very bad guy, um, to say the least. And yeah, man, this this game is an emotional roller coaster. Do you know what? Like, so I completed it in the summer. I really want to know how Tazzy's feeling right now. Because you see, when I finish the game, yeah, normally I finish a game and I feel like a relief or like an achievement. Fam, I felt like I needed to have a shower after finishing that <laughs> game. But I was just like, just felt griggy and dirty. And I was just like, it like, I couldn't even have come and done a, a chat after finishing that game because it was like emotionally draining. Like really no. draining me. We're getting all right, so we're getting all the the fresh emotions from from Tazzy, um, and I remember from from the po- last podcast um, episode, you said that you actually said you didn't want to know anything, or you said you wanted to see like you know, is there another cure? Um, what else is happening out there? But otherwise, you just wanted to come in uh, blind. Did you manage to come in blind? I, for the most part, I came in blind. I did get a little spoiler. Uh, while I was in the, um, midway through playing it, uh, but it was kind of something I'd predicted from like starting the game, um, so I wasn't too upset about it. <laughs> I oh my god, just emotional roller coaster. Yes, I um, I I'm so glad that like the internet has <laughs> this layer between us because I was crying so much at the end of this game. Because it was just like such a the end of that journey, just like this the emotional roller coaster finally coming to an end, and the releases that happen, and just like the emotion that's there, and the relationships that have like been built and broken, and oh my god, this game! I I would call it a masterpiece. This is like some some amazing storytelling with a really well done way of like having the gameplay uh, enjoyable and even if you're like not you can have the gameplay set to varying levels as well so I think like the the combination of the two have been done really well and I just yeah I'm still digesting and processing (laughs) so this whole whole podcast is just gonna be like a a live for you into Tanya's (laughs) head (laughs) Um, we're basically yeah. going to be your shrinks right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. We're gonna we're gonna help you get through it. Don't worry. And I just think I think the the characters are just wow. There's so much depth to the characters here, and I'm really I'm really happy with the characters that exist uh, in this. Uh, especially because obviously I saw stuff on the internet as like people complaining and stuff, and I'm like I don't know what they're complaining about because. <laughs> Can I ask everyone a question? Did yeah. everyone, did anyone get spoiled that Joel was going to die? Because I was lucky enough not to get that spoiled for me. No, I'm so glad I didn't. Because I played it quite early as well. So I, I, there was, you know, I think a lot of people had played it before me, but I managed to sort of tunnel vision and, and get everything as I was playing it, which is really yeah, cool. I, a big moment. Mm, I managed to like somehow block out any Last of Us spoilers. I don't know how that happens. But um, yeah, wow. <laughs> I'm so glad. I actually muted the Last of Us, the Last of Us Part Two, on my Twitter. Like I muted all of the words because I remember you like so many people were saying, "Oh my God, I just got it spoiled," and I was like, "I don't like." I really wanted to 
go into this blind and and not know what's happening and just literally see what's going on yeah I think I'm glad I didn't stream it for that reason because people even I I hate when people do the thing where they hint at a spoiler because to me that's a spoiler like I'm gonna start putting the puzzle pieces together so just don't even hint at anything and I'm I'm so happy that somehow I managed to avoid the spoilers here for once um, so we're going to go into the consequences. I, I will say that I, because I was listening to what I said, and I said that I wanted to see sort of Ellie make decisions and deal with the consequences of those. So I pretty much got exactly what I asked for. Because <laughs> that's, <all, laughs> that's all this game is. Um, all right, so let's, do you want to start with, with Joel, though? Speaking of consequences, should we start there? Mm-hmm. So we had, yeah, I mean, pretty early on, you take control of, you take control of Abby without quite knowing who she is or, or what her deal is. Um, you then are led towards uh, Tommy and Joel, as I mentioned in the, in the recap. And you're still not quite sure until they get to the, um, uh, that room and until Abby reveals like her motivation. So she is looking for Joel and she finds Joel. And she takes Joel out. Um, my first question is, well, I don't know how many questions I've asked so far, but my next question <laughs> <laughs> um, is, did you did you think like they were going to go in that direction? Because when I got yes. to that point, you did. <laughs> yeah, immediately. As soon as I knew that Abby and uh, Owen were looking for someone, oh, yeah. I was like, it's Joel. Like, I was, there's no other no, no. like, it's Joel. It's but not even that they were looking for him, that they were, they were taking Joel out at that stage in the game. I kind of predict, yeah, from you that thought, they were okay. looking for him, I was like, I'm going to guess it's Joel and I'm, I'm going to place my bets on that he's going to get, if not seriously injured, killed. And I... So it's, it's, it's so funny because naughty dog are so smart because when they first brought out the trailer of like ellie playing the guitar and joel there people are like oh what if joel's dead and 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 what if that's a ghost and blah 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 and then they made all of their trailers to make it look like dina was gonna die because that's what i always thought i thought that dina um Girl's girlfriend like all of the trailers made it look like she got taken so I thought it was going to be that kind of revenge tale to go and rescue her and Joel's going to help you and then Joel gets messed up I never in any part of my soul would think Naughty Dog would make you play as the character, the character. that is going to murder <laughs> your favorite character like and not even just your favorite character in the game one of your favorite characters in <laughs> history. Like, could you imagine if you could you imagine the first time you played as Waluigi and you killed Mario? That's that's how it is. Like, like who does that? Or the first time you ever play as Tails and you kill Sonic? Like, so, yeah. who does that? It was definitely a, a brave take. And I think for me, I didn't watch the trailers. I watched the one trailer of Ellie playing the guitar. And I didn't watch anything else. So I was going into it with n- literally nothing, just that there's loads of controversy around it. And then I, yeah, so I was just going off what they put in front of me at that moment and knowing the characters. And I was like, Joel's, Joel's done bad stuff. Like, 
<laughs> um, He's done a bit. I like it was gonna it, something was gonna come after him. It was inevitable. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, because at the moment I I was like, so first of all, to Midas's point, like yeah, I think that that was amazing. They made you play as the character because you at that moment when they're saving you, you're like oh yeah, cool, <laughs> we're all good. Like they're they're here to rescue me. We're all gonna be friends, and it just turns <laughs> like the mood just turns so drastically, and. When um, when it does turn and she's like, you know, you kind of know what you've done and, and things. I'm like, I don't know you. Like, what, what have I done to you? Like, I'm trying to think in my brain, like, where have we crossed paths and everything? Like, I'm, I feel like I'm being killed for something I didn't even do. Obviously, I know I'm wrong well, because uh, I did like the most in that game. Um, I just want to shout out to uh, Tomoki Thing Yuri. Uh, or thing Yuri on Twitter because uh, they said did killing Joel early on in the game leave you feeling numb for the rest of the game so for me I became detached from everything and it seemed bleak and joyless I will say when at that moment and I think we're going to get into this because this is kind of where Naughty Dog wanted to take this game I was ready for vengeance like if anyone's seen um, have you guys seen Gladiator or remember Gladiator at that moment when he's like, I shall have my revenge in this life or the next. 100%. That was, that was 100%. me. I was like, let's go. Let's find every one of these people one by one. We'll take them out. So that was my feeling. Like, how did you both feel like at that moment? It's crazy because Tazi was like saying like it's, it's a masterpiece. And I feel like I've never like experienced emotion like this in a video game in my life. Like never and one thing I always credit The Last of Us for, like the initial Last of Us, is really pushing storytelling in a video game, like pushing the medium of storytelling. And I feel like The Last of Us Part 2 pushed my emotion to a way that I never knew a video game could. But because a lot of that emotion was feeling horrible and feeling vengeful and feeling sad and, and negative connotations, as much as like I love the game, like the game's not even my game of the year. Like I can't even have it as my game of the year because those emotions that it put me through with taking Joel, like I put those emotions to like negative feelings. And the game did the right thing. It's not like it did something wrong because that was what they wanted to do. They wanted to stir up feelings in me that they didn't think that I could and change my perspective on Abby, which obviously we're going to talk about soon. But yeah, so no, I don't think it, I don't think it, took me off not wanting to play the game but it really made me hate this character in such a way that then when they change it and make you go back and play as her fam i wanted to smash up my controller hmm. that's really interesting like i have like a completely different feeling for it so when i when it happens obviously i sat like i love joe i think he, he's oh, he's such a as a character, I just find him amazing. He's like that rusky kind of older guy that's just like on a journey. Yeah. and Yeah, he's weathered you know, through stuff. Yeah, he's complex. He's got history. You know, he, he lost his daughter and then he found like basically an adoptive daughter. Like he's gone through so much and he he's, as a person, he's he's grown and he's learned and he's he's slid back a bit and then... So I think he's a great character and I was obviously I was upset that he died, but also I was like, he had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> like as much as I don't want him to die, I don't want any of them to die. 
he had it coming. And this is a world where everyone is fighting for survival. It's not like someone can just go and get a therapist uh, when they're dealing with complex emotion. Killing is like... podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Killing is second nature. Like, you have to do it in your daily lives. You're, You're either been born into this or you 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 lived through losing everything. So either way, you're 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 messed up. Like no one's okay in this world, right? Everyone's morals are blurred. Everyone's got just a need to survive and protect their their own. So I was like, yeah, I'm sad, but I definitely didn't feel detached at all. If anything, I was like immediately sitting there thinking, why did they kill him? Like, what is this? Why are we it's playing as Abby? Yeah. What 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 is it done? What is the cause of this? And I was already like trying, I was already thinking like, to be honest, I'd already thought that it had something to do uh, with the hospital and Joel killing everyone because that's the last thing that we saw in the previous one. So why, why would it not be? So yeah, I, I was just excited at that point. I was excited to like navigate this journey, find out what's happening like and I was just ready to like to to learn what these people were feeling I was like I just wanted to know how how Ellie was going to cope with it how Tommy was going to cope with it like what was going to go down and I as much as I felt sad and like all these negative emotions I felt excited to find out what happened it's a thrilling story like it's and it's a story. It's not like these people are real. So, and I know that and I can detach yeah, from yeah. that. So <laughs> you can definitely, yeah, yeah. We'll get that, that to like unfold. Separation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm like, these aren't real consequences. <laughs> I want to just know what happens. If people can watch Game of Thrones, I don't know how people can not play this game. Cause... Fair point. Okay. <laughs> 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 this is less, <laughs> less extreme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you said, the the consequences were about Joel killing the surgeon, uh, and we later sort of learn what his relationship to Abby is, um, her father, um, and then what the repercussions of that. So, like Midas, does it? Because like one of the discussions like we had in the first podcast was that for me, I was questioning at the end of the first game, like, is Joel the bad guy? Like, am I the bad guy? Do you think that has that changed your your stance on that? Yeah, 100% Joel was the bad guy. Bad guy. Okay, um, <laughs> cool. We can all know, establish that. And you know, I was I was always riding for Joel. Like, I've always been riding for Joel. But yeah, Joel was the bad guy. And I think what blows me away about with this game is... So I was complete opposite of Tazzy. Like, the reason why this affects me more than something like Game of Thrones is because I feel like I don't really have a connection with those characters. I like... Because I ne- haven't, I spent so much hours playing as Joel. Like I, I feel so connected to him in a way that I don't feel connected to anyone in 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 that show. And when I when the way they shot this, and Joel's on the floor, and Ellie's begging, and you're looking through Ellie's eyes and looking at him, and he's trying to reassure you. He's like he's trying to reassure you, and he's like it's all good, and that crush something in me that that crushed something in me like I saw someone I really know like lost and it made me I felt that rage for the first more than half of the game like 
I felt that rage. And every time Ellie killed someone and every time I put a shank in someone's neck, other than the girl with the PSP, <laughs> I felt bad about that one. But like yeah, every single time. <laughs> yeah. I felt yeah, bad about that one. <laughs> but everyone else, like I didn't care. I was on by any means necessary. And then I think Naughty Dog are extremely smart because Abby physically is she's hench like she's a I very muscly woman so they instantly make her seem like a fair like someone you would be afraid of because she's intimidating she has an intimidating presence so you instantly this person who's got an intimidating presence has killed the character you love the most and then they want to take me back and I have to play as that character are you mad and it is one of the greatest storytelling tropes I've ever played yeah, because you have you go on that journey, you go on that revenge, and you're going into that deep darkness, uh, you and Ellie, and then at the moment where Abby catches up with Ellie, uh, and I'm going to do like Last of Us, we're going to jump around time wise uh, here, but the moment Ellie and Abby sort of collide, the game immediately takes you all the way back to play as Abby, and I was like, oh hold on a second but like you say that's the thing and and i think this is part of the just part of the controversy around this game in that it forces you to play as someone that you hate in terms of the game like maybe not tazzy tazzy's like on board for this um, this adventure but like me me and midas we we hate uh abby and you're now having to play as this character so i, I think that and it it's a tough thing because one just emotionally and sort of from the player reaction and some of the reactions we've seen, it's a tough thing because we're now having to have uh, empathy or we're being forced to have empathy for this other character. But even just storytelling, because if I had one criticism I had at the time is that it upset what I thought was the momentum because that's a, it was a charged scene where Abby's, um, is it, oh, Jesse, Ellie's friend, yeah, so yeah, yeah Jesse's um, been killed. It looks like Abby, yeah. no, Tommy's <laughs> been taken out. It it looks like uh, Ellie's next. And then it is like, it's yeah. a hard cut back. So that on the storytelling kind of uh, messes with the momentum. And I think for a lot of people, it would have been a case of not understanding or not knowing how much of the game. And I think that's the key thing. You don't just go back and play as Abby. You play a whole other arc as Abby. So... You play the past. So Ellie's on this journey where I think it's over three days. She's searching for Abby uh, and she's, like I say, going into this dark, this darkness. You then play those same three days as Abby. Like, how did you feel? Uh, so Midas, you mentioned like you're, you just hated playing as that character. How long did that last? Like how, how much empathy did you or not gain for Abby? It's crazy because as soon as you start playing as that character, and you see when she's young and you see her dad and you're like, I get it. I understand Naughty Dog. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to make me feel sympathetic for this woman. I ain't feeling sympathetic for her. She killed Joel. And then I come to the stadium and I see the like Owen and the pregnant um, lady. I can't remember her name. No. And I didn't even realize she was pregnant. And I was like, oh, my God, when I killed her, she was pregnant because I didn't realize that. And I felt bad, but I was just like, yeah, but I still love Joe and Ellie. And, and, and it took me a long time. And Naughty Dog gets so sick because 
then what they do is I'm playing as this character and I'm just not enjoying being this character. I just don't care about her. And then they introduce two characters who I just instantly get. So that's Lev and Yara. And I start connecting with them. And then like there's a scene where where Lev and um, Abby are on the bridge. And Abby says something and I laugh and I got angry with myself. I'm like, don't make me laugh. I don't like her. Like, and they, they start chipping away at me, chipping away bit, bit by bit. And then even when we go back to the point where you're um, Abby and you're going to shoot at Els and all of that and you got to fight. Like, even then I didn't want, I didn't want Abby to win. Like, I was like, I know you've been through it. Like, but... That's oh, my even. character. But you know what changed? Uh, what the changed? farm scene. The farm really? scene was like, she finally had a good life. Like life has changed for her and she's able to move on. Like, you like okay, Joe's dead. It's upset me too. Let's move on. And you know what? I was, do you know how scared I was in that scene? I was like, something's going to happen. When she was sitting on the tractor with a baby, I'm like, someone's going to shoot her. Like, I, know, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, no way, Naughty Dog are gonna make this end in a good way. And the and then as soon as Elle was like, I can't continue. As soon as Ellie was like, I can't, I have to go and get revenge. That's when I realized, like, what are you doing? Like, you've got your family, you've got your girlfriend, you've got your child, you've got the farm. Like, what are you doing? And then that was the moment I didn't want her to go after Abby, and I didn't want her to 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 kill Abby. And I was like. Well, that's when I realized that I started sympathizing from the point of view of Abby. And I didn't like Interesting. That's, that's Abby far into the, the game. I thought. <laughs> yeah, the whole time I played as a, I didn't enjoy it. But when I got to that moment, I was like, Ellie, what are you doing, man? Just chill and settle, fam. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and this is this is like uh, one of the things that, that sort of makes me think about like why everyone's so angry at this game and angry that they had to play, play as Abby. But... Abby was trying to get revenge and Ellie was essentially just became the same as Abby. And then again, they don't have therapy. Like <laughs> Ellie, Ellie couldn't settle down because she didn't know how to talk and, and there wasn't, there's not somewhere to go. And then which led to like her finding Abby again. And that, that scene where they're fighting it out and they're just, and I was like, this is healthy. <laughs> wow, this okay. is, and I like, I, and you're playing. And I'm like, I don't. I don't I go really, to any open session, Tazzy. This, this point, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I like, I don't know what they're going to do at this. I'm so impressed by Naughty Dog storytelling that I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen here. But what I hope is that no one dies here and that they just hash it out because clearly right now they don't know how to talk. They, we, we've we've seen this whole journey. They don't know how to talk. It's not a really world that's set up to like talk out your problems. Uh, it's you know, kill before you're killed. And they they have this really beautiful moment where they're they're fighting it. Also, um, Abby's weight has obviously reduced. Her muscles reduced, so it's more of a fair fight going on because you know if Abby had still been like that amazing physique she had, then boy, Ellie <laughs> wouldn't have stand stood a chance. But um, yeah, and it was just, it was like, you, you need, you both need to, you just need to get that, that anger out and, and let it go. <laughs> and I was like, 
I was so happy with what they'd done because I was like, please, I can't, I don't want, I was like reluctantly punching Abby and like stabbing. I'm like, please don't. Like they're just struggling. There's, these are two people that are just trying to cope and like with, with so much. And then in a world that's like, uh, what's, yeah. <laughs> you know what's like, really interesting? Listen, we've got like two ends of the spectrum here. We've got, so Tazzy, you have like endless understanding uh, and more power to you. Uh, and Midas, you've got no understanding. Because when you said like, it was the, the point at the farm where you started feeling for Abby, that's most of the game. <laughs> you weren't letting go like until for the whole game. Um, wow. Okay. I, I was somewhere in between uh, you two. So I definitely hated playing uh, as Abby at the start because same thing like this is the character that killed joe i'm i'm looking for you like you're the one i'm i'm trying to uh trying to end um but what they did is and i guess they used the flashbacks for this but they also use your interactions with the other members of the the wlf or wolf whatever and they normalize not normalize I, i'm gonna go back to this word empathy i think for me this is gonna come up a lot in this discussion where they made you see it from her perspective and to the point about the um like Joel being a bad guy, you then understand like his actions to save Ellie in the last game meant he killed someone who meant just as much or more, if not more, to Abby in that game. So you understand like and you, you get the I think um uh Tomok uh Tomoki thing Yuri has mentioned like when there was a point where they go back to the past with Abby and her father and they show him begging to um, begging to Marlene to perform the operation. And she asked what if it was Abby he needed to kill. So it's all about that perspective. Like, you know, someone's hero, Joel, is someone else's like worst enemy. So I definitely had that feeling of, I just, I don't want to play as this character. I want to find this character and, and kill this character. But then once you see more of her story and her perspective and... I think for me, it's like her seeing the interaction with her dad, who's a nice guy. He's probably like the nicest guy in, in this whole, guy, yeah. yeah, I know, in this whole world. Um, oh, it's just like, yeah, you um, we murdered him <laughs> when we didn't, when we really didn't have to. I want to, I want to ask a question and it's if um, we'd started the game from Abby's perspective and got Abby's story first, do you think you would have felt differently about abby um yeah of course we would have of course we would have i think do you know one thing that's really amazing about this game and it literally took me until the end when you see the bolt and in the first game i was ifing and ahhing if joe was the bad guy ellie's the bad guy and abby isn't because abby when when she killed joe she let everyone else go she could have killed everyone else but she she let tommy and she let ellie go and even at the end, the fight where Tazzy loved so much, she didn't even want to fight. And the only reason she fight is because Ellie was threatening to kill Lev and had, a, and had a knife to Lev's throat. So that's the only reason Abby even fought. So mm -hmm. Ellie was willing to risk losing her family, which she did. She was willing to kill. She killed a pregnant lady. Like she, she was by any... didn't know she was any... pregnant though, just, just for the minute. Yeah, record. Ellie, I, Ellie I didn't, didn't know. know she, was she had a big, she had a big coat. So again, oh, she okay. Well, on, even if so she didn't yeah. know, she was killing all of her friends, whatever. And 
as much as Abby wanted revenge, Abby was going for one person. The person who killed my father, nobody else. It's just about that person. And that's why at the end I was like, she's not even a bad guy. I I have a have a really a big gripe with any any of the characters we play. Uh, as quite a lot of the people being called bad guys. In this, I felt that, and we don't even really know them, the only people that I thought they're the bad guys bad guy was Isaac <laughs> because he didn't seem to have a a motivation that was personal he just seemed like someone that wanted power and control uh, whereas everyone else I don't think they're bad that they're, they're not the bad guy they're just humans that have complex emotions like everyone has done just as much bad and good and I think it's when they overcome that they've, they're they're just people that have done bad things and have, have gone through yeah, I've gone through. Well, we're holding it to a standard that's of of our society's what what is deemed bad, but like killing is literally part of life for them. I don't think we can hold them to to our moral standards of of today because even the scene where Ellie does kill Owen and, and Mel, Owen attacks Ellie. <laughs> Ellie defends herself. Uh, I'm not. It's not to. It's not to say that she wouldn't have killed him, but he did attack her. And in this world, it's you don't have time to think like, hmm, should I use non-lethal defense because everyone is packing? Like, there's no you don't have you don't have that space to think about it. And then we also have the idea that the WLF have a very militant attitude. They are kill on sight, so they've all been they've all done some hella bad stuff. Whereas all of them, they're from Jackson, and in Jackson, if people come across them, they don't they don't just kill on sight, but they've done this thing that's been motivated by revenge and, and Kili in a dark place, and I I don't think anyone's really really a bad guy. They're just people struggle like coping with. I will say that like Midas touched on one thing where like Abby was after one person and that was it, and in that moment where in the theatre where she does catch up with them, she says a line that kind of, that made me stop in that moment. She's like, I, uh, it's something I, I gave you the chance to live and you wasted it. For me, that was like a, oh, wow. That that made me think about all the actions I'd been taking up until that point uh, as Ellie. And then started to make me question, oh, is now Ellie the bad person in in the context of the game just because of the things she had done that, to, uh, to Abby's point, she didn't have to do like Abby came with after one person, and that was it. She let the rest uh, go. So yeah, it did make me think like that. Abby's journey did make me think mm. um, about what I'd done in the previous game and what I was doing in the current game. We spoke about some of the controversy around this game, and I know there was a lot of controversy about um, Naughty Dog forcing people to play so much of the game, like a you know, it was a good like ten hours stretch playing as as Abby and it just it made me think about the, the where we are in the world now and I felt that a lot of the reaction and you guys can tell me what you you think is just that I feel like an inability of people to empathize with with others and in this game what it forced you to do is is see from the perspective of the the monster because that's who Abby was at that point in the game she was the the evil person who who had killed the person you you had um sort of uh feelings for in, in joel 
and just that inability or, or just resistance to want to see anything because it's a lot it's harder to take someone else's side and see from their perspective it's a lot easier just to label them as the bad guy because then i can sort of like dehumanize you and i can do anything to you and it's fine because you're you're the bad guy you deserve it you had it coming uh, and to again like to Midas's point about just the feelings in this game and I appreciated this game because it it took you to those places, even though they're not all positive places. And I've had, like, there were two experiences in this game where I genuinely did not want to play parts of the game. That was the part where Abby catches up with Ellie and then you now have to chase Ellie uh, and they fight. And then the part at the end of the game where they fight again, those are two moments. And I can't think of any other game where I've had moments where I genuinely do not want to do what I need to do in this game I don't know have, have you guys had that before I literally at that last fight when you got a stab I literally wasn't like I stopped I didn't press any button to yeah. see if like, <laughs> something could happen because I was like I can't do it I can't just um shank her like that and to even um continue on with your point um about with Abby um I think Taz is really right um we kind of live in, and, and you as well, like we live in this world where He-Man's the good guy and Skeletor's the bad guy. And that's it. Skeletor's it's just easy. bad. And there's no reason him being bad other than him being a bad guy. And this game kind of forces you to look at different people's perspective. I think what's really amazing is like, I love Dina. I think Dina was such a dope character and I love her dynamics with her and Ellie. And one thing that was really, really striking me, like Dina was always like, why did they kill him? Like, why, what has he done? What have they come, f- what, why did they come for him? Like she kept on pestering Ellie to find out what it is. And Ellie was like, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like they, they killed him. I'm going for revenge. And I think she just had that anger in her and she didn't care. But I also think, I also think that's because of one, her, her own guilt. And you're going to see how I'm bringing this all together in a minute. Her <laughs> own guilt because of her not having a relationship, her her kind of pushing Joe away. And then I feel like people's reaction to this game is them living in their own sorrow right now. Like 2020 has been the hardest year I've ever known as long as I've been on this earth. Like most people's escapism was Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing was where how people escaped a really happy and bright game. And then um, Naughty Dog, one of the most beloved gaming companies in the world, like The Last of Us, one of the most beloved games. They're like, let's give you more suffering. And I don't think a lot of people could cope with it. I don't think a lot of people could cope with that pain on top of the pain that they're going through (laughs) in their real life. Like Mm. nine times out of 10, not everyone, but most people play videos to escape. Who was escaping? Because you were just going from pain into even more pain. I think that's a really important point. And I think to play this game and really get the most out of it is to, to detach yourself from you are not these characters. You're not anyone here. You're not Joel. You're not Ellie. You're not Abby. You're following their story. You're being told their story. And as much as you might be pressing the buttons to make that happen, that's just the equivalent of you pressing play on, on like a, a DVD or something. Like you're, you're not, you are being taken for the journey here. You are not driving. You are not in the driver's seat. But that's the thing. You're, you're a passenger. 
like video games have that because it gives you the agency you control the player you get that attachment to joel like we've played this whole sequence with joel we are joel um so mm. when you kill joel it's, it, it's almost it's like joel suffering the repercussions of his actions is on me like me as the player and mm. I, I feel that's some of it as well so you're basically telling like you say it's confirming joel's the bad guy and here is the result of what your actions so it, it is like people it is that inability to detach but and so it's, it's a pro and a con because that's what makes video games so cool you have that agency but you also then kind of <laughs> you get attached to characters so when they mess with the characters then you you get upset I think they've actually unlocked like a new layer of of what video games can do in storytelling because you are forced to be them but you do also have to detach yeah you do and it's like how do you do that so you you're it it creates a whole new dynamic that hasn't hasn't really been been done because you can't do that in 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 film or tv and video games are so used to to being the character and then now it's like you're you have to go through the motion of the character but you you have to only to understand and you have to be able to like once you've finished going through that you have to be able to then separate it yeah Uh, and but to go back to answer your question about uh really struggling to play this game i couldn't even do this in the the first one because zombies are freaking scary and just i have to stop <laughs> with this game and any like i've played horror games where you are forced to do something you don't want to do so i feel like i was prepared for this <laughs> for this okay, moment of being forced to do do something and then i just wanted to uh comment on something that uh, Finguri said about uh, what this game really addresses is that vengeance is a fool's game and I think that's true because Joel someone could have come after Joel for like many things that we don't know about because Joel was like not you know he was not probably not a great person and it is commented on the stuff that Joel and Tommy have done in their past but Joel's getting come after for as a consequence of one of his actions I don't think it's because he's a bad guy I think it's just a consequence of his action to to save Ellie. I don't think he was completely wrong in saving Ellie. Uh, I think he'd done it in the wrong way. I, and then Abby had a choice. He didn't, she didn't have to go after Joel. She didn't have to. Like so she went after Joel, and then you start the cycle of the revenge cycle, and it just continues and continues until two people decide that we're not going to do this anymore someone has to break the cycle yeah so you you can call anyone a bad guy here because they've all done stuff they everyone had a choice at some point to do something uh, or not do something even down to the conversation uh with abby's dad like abby was abby's dad was a very nice person but also he was like let's just kill this girl and for this cure but no one ever thought why don't we just wake wake ellie up <laughs> see what she like let her have a choice no one no one at any point thought let let ellie have a choice uh so joel and the doctor are just as bad as each other because both of them were like let's take away that choice let's not even ask her could have been quite quite simple and also the thing that one of the things that really bugs me is that the doc Mel was a student of the doctor and you're telling me this doctor knew how to like had at least an inkling on how to create a cure and didn't pass any of that knowledge on to anyone else 
I found so many notes in this game and and he was the only brain in the world <laughs> that could possibly figure out how on earth to create a cure and they're still like trying to kill each other like I just that's the thing that like bugs me and obviously if for that to be a thing it wouldn't have happened but uh, everyone's just kind of lost hope and is on this revenge spree and no one's thought wait at least still alive uh there are doctors and and science still uh we can you know we can still figure something out it's not <laughs> it isn't the end of it <laughs> And even if she was dead, it was something in her brain that she needed to be dead to use it. So what are we doing here? Why is no one thinking about, like, when are we going to make this cure? Like, no one's thought of that. <laughs> I know we got to wrap up soon, but one thing I really want to say as well, because we haven't really spoken about it, I know Tazzy mentioned it briefly, is the game play in this game is incredible as well. Like, the game, like, the we... We always talk about the story because The Last of Us has got some amazing story, but the mechanics in this game, like some of the stuff that they've done, like pushing games forward. Like I love to play stealth in games. I love to feel like I'm super smart and I'm taking out one person one at a time. And I've never played a game where an NPC is walking away and then he's turning over his back and he's looking over this way and he's and then like I got to wait or like I can't just stay one place because someone's got a dog and the dog's smelling me, so I got to always move. And you have to mention this the dog. game. <laughs> The controversy has taken over what this game is, but mechanically, I think this is the best game Naughty Dog's ever created. Like the mechanics in this game, like even just when you're making your gun, like adjusting your gun, crazy. Because it is very, it's very similar. In some ways, it's similar to the previous game, but it feels like they've refined and honed it and mm. added sort of additional dimensions. So like, um, so that there are a couple of things for me in that the dog you mentioned where you kind of like the human AI they've improved. So you have, you don't just have to standard pass. You have to like pay attention to where they're actually looking and make your move. When they introduce a dog and now the dogs can smell your trail, that changed like the way I played the game. Cause now, now I have to become a, an, an animal murderer because, and it's, it's a weird thing where I, in some ways I gave more thought to killing the dogs than I did to humans. But there was a point, I can't remember which level, but there's a point where I was like, I don't want to kill the dog. But if this dog smells me out, it's over for me. So this dog needs to go. And then that's when I became uh, <laughs> an animal murderer. And then the mm -hmm. other part for me where, and I'll sort of mix this in with the gameplay, is the improvement on the, the infected as well and in the introduction of new types of infected. Uh, so again, I thought I knew how to deal with different infected. You had, you know, the runners, the clickers, you kind of had a, a strategy. And then there's that level where you play as Ellie and you're in that abandoned office and you go to the, there's like a doorway and then just through the doorway, you hear, I'm like, what is that? Like <laughs> some run zombies that can, or infected that can, that can run, that can hide from your sense, um, your hearing senses that just, again, threw the whole thing out uh, mm -hmm. for me. So I really appreciate those two additions. Stealth zombies were definitely uh, a thing. And the ones that came out of the wall. They weren't in the first one, right? I don't no, seem to remember them. I don't remember those either. <laughs> there, there was a whole lot. And again, yeah, completely agree. One of the first things I noticed with this game was the mechanics and also how they teach you them. Uh, like it doesn't have a out and out tutorial, but it's always giving you tutorials, whether it's for a flashback or something else. It's like, we're, you're going to need this mechanic soon. 
we're going to teach it to you in this really beautiful way or really interesting way. And and I thought that was that was really well done and really clever. And yeah, I really hate that they make me kill dogs. I avoided try to avoid killing dogs so much to the point where I'd kill humans. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that their dogs wouldn't need to find me. Just like and I'm lost. like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, they're 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 like, and you know, oh, just and then they make you play with them, or they don't make you, but you get to play with them. And I'm like, oh, can I not just pet the dog? Why you make me kill yeah. the doggy? Why part did, of this game? Were there any kind of like really standout moments that I know we've spoken about a few, but like times in the game, whether it's characters or moments in the game that kind of stuck with you? Uh, Midas, what do you think? I would say two moments that really stood out for me is, like Tazzy was saying, the the training, the snowball fight. That was just the sickest way to learn the shooting mechanics. Like really incredible. And my favorite scene, the the, the weed house. When they go to the weed house and it's just like, oh, they yeah. get high, like <laughs> I, weed yeah. house, that's it. <laughs> I love that. I love that whole, I love the, their interaction, how things, so that was two scenes that kind of stood out the most to me. Two moments for me that really stood out was uh, when we uh, start playing as Abby when we're in Seattle and just being in awe of her, her build. She's just such this amazingly strong woman and like that was just magic for me uh, especially because i've been watching the mandalorian and there is also a very built woman in that and it's just like so nice to see like strong women mm-hmm. literally strong yeah like, she was she was crushing she was, her arm her biceps. yeah the first time like i took a zombie's <laughs> head off with <laughs> and i was like i'm i'm very impressed and intimidated right now um <laughs> yeah i have the feelings <laughs> I didn't understand the hate that... for Abby though, because I—I mean, I don't want to give too much like space to just you know mindless criticism like that. But I just yeah, it's just weird. I I appreciated her character, and um, like you said, also impressed and slightly intimidated by the way she was just yeah. taking out zombies and, and infected with her biceps. Yeah, and then the, the other bit is like another another character moment, um, and it's when uh, you're playing as Abby, um, and we're with Lev, and we're trying to get to the hospital. And we uh, are seen by some of the Seraphites and they call um, Lev Lily. And then once you sort of get past that first bit, Abby's just like, doesn't say anything about it. And then Lev is like, did you hear what they were calling me? And it's just a beautiful moment between the two um, where Abby's like, do you want to talk about it? Uh, And Lev's like, no. And just like, then we won't talk about it. It's fine. And uh, that moment nearly brought me to tears because it was just, it was so beautiful and understanding. And to see that in a video game, yeah, I thought it just, it just touched me. And then I just, it just made me really want, I really want like uh, some DLC like they done with The Last of Us Part One, but where we follow uh, Lev and Lev's sister and find out more about that and the Seraphites. They're so interesting. Yeah, I did appreciate that whole section because even with Lev and Yara, um, again, I kind of came to appreciate them like through Abby. I think you mentioned that, Tazzy. And there was a moment early in their meeting where you get stuck in that kind of like a house or some kind of building and the two, the brother and sister, are trying to open the door. So they are helped out 
and then they kind of or you think they abandon you or like um abby thinks they abandon you uh, that was one of the moments there's like we talked about emotions and that was one of the moments where I, I felt the character like I was upset with those two like because I thought they abandoned me and then even when I came back I was like what took you so long I've had to go through so much <laughs> with these with these infected um so I appreciate that I, I there were there was a lot in the flashbacks that I did appreciate and I'm going to talk about sort of flashbacks a bit more when, when I do the storytelling tip but I think for the uh, there's just so many. I've already spoken about one of my highlights, which is the meeting of Abby and um, Abby and Ellie in the theatre when Abby says, you know, I gave you a chance to live and you you wasted it. That really just stuck with me. Um, and then one flashback I will speak about is the moment when Joel confesses to um, Ellie about, you know, what really happened. Because I don't know. I mean, you know, we talked about what we wanted from the the second game, but I wasn't sure the way this first game ended, if they were going to address that. And I guess if they were going to bring out a second game, they would have had to. But I kind of liked the way it came about because it wasn't, it, it was forced in that, like Ellie got to a point where she demanded it. But in terms of me playing it, it was an un, unexpected moment because I remember playing through it and like, oh, we're going to have this discussion, this discussion that needs to happen to your point, Tazzy, about sort of speaking out uh, and therapy. And um, uh, and I'm going to give another flashback. Actually, I, I lied. I said, I'm going to talk about flashbacks. Uh, and then the other one that kind of hit me was the the very final one when as um, Ellie and Abby are fighting on a beach, another moment that I just did not want to happen. Ellie has a flashback to her moment with Joel on the porch where the first time you kind of because the game starts with their relationship really icy and you're not necessarily told why immediately and it's sort of built up and that moment at the end that kind of changes uh pulls ellie back from the brink it's that moment where she can't forgive joel for uh for what he did but she wants to try and again, I think that kind of going back to the idea of empathy and perspective is that understanding that I don't agree with what you did. I don't agree with how it made me feel, but I'm going to try and see it from your perspective. I'm going to, you know, like make an effort to repair this relationship. And I, it was such a like uh, sort of subtle moment that meant so much in the context of the whole game and what the game means that I really appreciate that um, in the video, uh, in the game and the Rat King uh, after shout out the Rat King because that was a messed up moment. Do you know what? I forgot to say my most incredible moment. I'm so sorry to just jump in. Best moment of the whole game for me was the rocket scene. That scene almost drove me to tears because Joel's... And I think that scene wouldn't have even been as powerful if Joel was alive. But because Joel's dead now and that scene rocked me. Like that scene was probably the closest scene to tears almost coming from my eyes. That was... See, that's why it took me so long to like Abby. That scene there, I could. After that scene, it just took my my revenge level to from nine to seventy eight. Because <laughs> that was the one. That's probably like the one genuine just moment of happiness in the whole game. It was just pure happiness. You see that the height of the relationship between those two. So yeah, I guess in when you contrast that to what you witnessed up until that point, yeah, I can I get that. All right, so uh, as we sort of wrap up this discussion, because we can talk about this game um, forever and ever, but since uh, since it's out, since we played it, it has been 
awarded, I was going to say nominated, awarded the Game of the Year uh, in the Video Game Awards. Uh, so Midas, you said that you don't think it, it's not your Game of the Year. Do you think it should be Game of the Year? Because like I, I touched on, you know, at the top, the controversy over it. And I've seen a lot of sort of criticism around the game um, in terms of like the diversity angle. I feel there's, you know, it, it gets a backlash for including characters that are, well, just every sort of, you know, female, gay, trans, um, and that seems to be like a knock against it. I touched on the empathy side of things, and I think forcing people to play as Abby and, and having to empathize with her for so much of the game, um, people see that as a knock. So what's your perspective? I know it's not your personal game of the year, but how do you think it stacks up against games that have been released this year? Um, the reason why it's not my personal game of the year is two reasons. One, I'm the biggest Final Fantasy fan, so nothing would have been enough to beat that anyway. But secondly, as well, as I play video games to escape into some kind of enjoyment, take me out of my life. And I think I never felt like I could really escape into that world. So not even so much about that playing as Abby or stuff like that. This Naughty Dog make incredible games. And like, as Tazzy said, this is a masterpiece in making games. Like everyone's seen all of the madness that's happening right now with Cyberpunk 2077. This game came out. I didn't even see a bug in this game. There's probably one in there, but I didn't see anything. It was seamless. Like this was on, this was like, I'm playing, I've got a PS5 now. This was playing on a PS4 and it was like, it was like the next, next gen. Like the graphics were beautiful. Like there was times where I walk up to someone. I remember walking up to someone in a town in Jacksonville and the person turned their head to look at me. I was like, Raw, they know I'm here. Like this game was incredible. And I understand why it won the game of the year. Just for me, it couldn't be my game of the year because that's not what I want from a video game. And well, I'm lying. That is what I want from a video game because I love narratives, but... I just never felt like that game let me escape. Um, I always felt like it was just added more and more anxiety into my already anxious life. And just one thing, like, obviously, there's been a lot of controversy around crunch and dev teams having to crunch and Naughty Dogs making their employees crunch and stuff like that. And obviously, that's a, a bigger conversation um, where a lot of people are saying it shouldn't win game direction of the year because of that. But I also believe that Every single person shouldn't be blamed in a team. Like some of these devs, they've worked their hearts off to get this game out. And I think it's unfair that people downput them because of the decisions that management have um, made overall. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I think, yeah, you're right. The the crunch thing is, is an important topic. I, I want to see if we can have um, a discussion with uh, sort of people who, who make games at, at some point in the future. And, but I agree completely where... Again, I feel like empathy, just and understanding people's perspective. The the people that you know just worked on this game so hard. It's you, you don't want to knock them for the decisions of of management. Um, and I feel there's mm. a lot of of that in in some of this backlash. But uh, Tazzy, what do you think? Um, so I just I can remember what the other nominees uh, for Game of Year was. So I was like, let me go check, and then I like noticed the description of Game of the Year is recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. And as that as a descriptive, then yeah, The Last of Us is definitely, <laughs> uh, definitely uh, hits that, that mark, that statement. It would definitely be used to describe it. 
Um, I haven't played. I've played Animal Crossing, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't give it Game of the Year. So I haven't played any of the other ones that got nominated. Um, but I definitely think it did, it done a lot to deserve it. I don't think because it in it's inclusive, it should that should take away. They didn't just chuck characters in here for the sake of inclusion. If they were doing that. I feel like the the characters would definitely uh, be different and just fit stereotypes. Um, and they don't they don't do that. They are very they're integral to the story to the, yeah, to the plot. They have have a lot of depth. It's not just like my black friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they I feel like it, you had to have a revenge story between two daughters essentially is what they are. Um because that's the dynamic of the story is you took my dad, I'm going to take your dad. <laughs> like that's essentially what's happened here and that's why there is so much conflict because it had to be someone that had that connection that strong bond and the fact that they are their stories are so similar yet so different and so intertwined is what makes it that like yeah i don't i don't see why people use that as an excuse to take away from no it's excellent storytelling there's no spin on this that does takes away from it being excellent storytelling and if if you think just because it has characters in it that are very representative of of real people then maybe you need to make more friends <laughs> and find out that there are people that look like this. Yeah. And are like this uh, and get some variety in your life. <laughs> good advice. Good advice. Um, so I, uh, I've also not played many of the game of the year contenders. So um, yeah, it's kind of hard for me to, to say, but just, I'm glad you pulled out that definition, uh, Tazzy, because I can't disagree with that. I think the game they've made is just uh, an amazing use of the console. And for me, the, the key thing it does is that it pushes what videos, video games can do narratively. There are, I think there are genuine criticisms um, of it. And I'll put this in the show notes because I, I came across a, a video by the completionist and who broke down some sort of genuine, I thought were valid criticisms of, of the game in a way that didn't just sort of devolve into, oh, they just you know, include diversity for diversity's sake. It was looking at the actual game itself. So I include that for people to check out. Um, but I think overall what it does in terms of pushing, like genuinely pushing video games in terms of how they can um, deliver a narrative that isn't just empty run and gun. Obviously, I'm, I'm not saying that like all games are, are are that, but it does more, like it does more uh, than that. I think that can that should be highlighted, celebrated and and um other people should try and do more of that and just because a game isn't fun like Midas says uh Midas says just because a game isn't necessarily fun doesn't mean it's a bad story or and just because a game doesn't give you the story you were expecting doesn't mean it's a bad story so yeah I think there's just a lot in here to to appreciate and I I don't know if we're going to see a third part of it I feel like we might I don't know would you want to see I want I want to see more stories from this universe and from this world. I would be happy to like have that explore different mediums as well. Because this it world is so interesting, especially introducing uh, the Seraphites. Obviously, had Fedra. We've had all these opposing communities and, and powers. And, you know, at the end of it, we get introduced to, I can't remember what they're called, but we're slavery guys. <laughs> uh, funny name and so there's there's all there's so many stories that i'd i'd love to unfold uh 
And I wouldn't be opposed to it being in non-game form as well. Midas, what do you think? Are you Do you want to see a third part? Um, I'm not sure if I want to see a third part. I feel like Joel and Ellie's story is done and I'm happy to conclude that story. I would interested, and I'm really surprised at even saying this, but I would really be interested to see a DLC spin-off with Abby and Lev, like what they've done after they've left. But I wouldn't want a full-blown game from that. I would just like almost like a... Uh, uh, a DLC like the last behind the left behind um, DLC that they did before but yeah I'm kind of drained of this world now man like <laughs> like it's taken everything out of me like the first game was what my my most beloved games ever the second game was like the emotional roller coaster that I never thought I was ever going to experience and I'm just like I'm done but Naughty Dog are incredible and if they feel like they've got another amazing story to tell in this world you know I'm going to get played and you know I'm going to get involved No, I think I'd, I'd agree with that I feel like yeah I'd be happy to see what has happened to Lev uh, and Abby in their relationship um, but yeah I'm, I'm always up for more sort of story if, if there's a story in there uh, then I think Naughty Dog can sort of bring it, um, bring it out and add something new uh, in terms of like narratives and video games um so that's what we think or part of what we think uh if you're sort of listening and you have thoughts of there's things you know we haven't covered every single thing um if you want to give your feedback you can always do that um where feedback at mymatter.com um we are on twitter uh and instagram uh so before we wrap up uh this episode i'm just going to give a storytelling tip for the week And I talked about the flashbacks, which I kept coming back to because um, I was genuinely interested in the way they've been done uh, in this game and just making me think about how flashbacks are used in stories in general. So in The Last of Us Part 2, it's used heavily uh, to fill in the gaps between the first game and the current events and just provide the context of the the relationship between Joel and Ellie uh, as well as put Abby's journey um, into a new light uh, obviously didn't maybe have the intended effect as soon as for Midas but um, at least I was getting something from those flashbacks um, <clears throat> and there was one flashback in particular I wanted to highlight and it's after a tense interaction with Dina and, and um, Ellie goes and finds a guitar in the theater and thinks about Joel. So we see, you know, going to that time in the museum, we see that time when things are much happier. Joel is teaching um, Ellie to play the guitar, then takes her on a trip to the museum, which comes to the the happiest point uh, in this game where Ellie puts on a space helmet and just her imagination sort of uh, takes over. As it's the last of us, the happy memory doesn't stay forever. Uh, and soon after that, they come across a piece of graffiti and it's a firefly symbol with the word liars written below it. And this just provides more context to, again, to the relationship between Joel and Ellie, as well as foreshadowing like a later point, sort of a later flashback to an earlier time, if that makes sense, where Ellie demands that Joel finally tells her the truth about the events at the firefly hospital. So, like I said, I was just thinking about the use of flashbacks in stories in general. And for anyone who is making their own story um, and has come across this consideration, there are pros and cons to using flashbacks. It's something that I'm thinking about as I put together what will be um, the next part of the Hot Lunch story. 
um, the 11th hour manga story from the Maya Matter universe. So it's just something that just tends to be on my mind is like, what's the, what's the good considerations around using flashbacks? So here are some things that I, um, thought of in terms of whether to use flashbacks and how to use flashbacks. So number one is, do you need a flashback? So flashbacks are best used when there's an interesting event in the character's backstory that also matters to the main plot. So it's that time you spend looking back should also push the present of the story forward. So like I mentioned with The Last of Us, like foreshadowing or providing context to uh, events to come, like Joel confessing, or providing fresh context to events that have already taken place, like Abby killing Joel and then finding sort of more about her through flashbacks. Number two is to have a good trigger for the flashback. And something in the present needs to trigger the need to go back to a memory. So this is something that has meaning to the character and the story in the present day. Uh, and it usually revolves around senses. So the sound of music that can trigger a memory of a birthday party, the smell of uh, cooking that brings back memories of the last meal as a family, or touching a guitar that brings back happier thoughts of a father figure. So triggers also apply when moving from the flashback back to the present. So you having those triggers as an entry and exit point will just help orientate the audience uh, and make the experience feel more organic as well. And third and final is to be brief and sparing with your flash flashbacks. So this is the one rule that The Last of Us Part 2 probably doesn't follow, um, maybe for good reason. But in general, you typically don't need a lot of flashbacks, flashbacks um, and you don't need to spend too much time with them. So it's all about focusing on the key parts of the flashback that are relevant to the present of the story. So an overuse of them that goes beyond just showing the important information or moving the plot forward uh, veers into exposition territory. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you know I'm not a fan of exposition, especially in anime and manga, but uh, we're talking video games here. So if you find yourself using um, flashbacks, to communicate information that your audience should already know as part of the main story, there may be a larger problem with the plot structure that you have. A few things to think about. Uh, let us know what you think, uh, whether it's a comic, manga, video game, book. Stories are sort of all the same. It's just a medium that changes. So yeah, that is our story tip. Uh, Tazzy, let's find out what our guest is up to. So we're just going to get uh, Mr. Midas's details on what, what Mr. Midas is up to, what he's been doing, any interesting projects coming up. Um, so what have you got in the works? I haven't got that much in the works because it's Christmas and I'm ready to take some time off because it's been a manic year. But I've got um, a show that comes out every Friday on Sky called WTF on Jinx Esports TV that you can watch on Sky Channel um, for free free or you can watch it on jinx.tv and it's an international show so you can watch it in Canada, Africa, the Philippines, the UK. I'm working on my own YouTube because of COVID. I started my own YouTube this year, uh, Mr. Midas Games where I'm always doing the reviews, podcasts. I've got you on there, Tazzy. <laughs> I am, yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, always doing content for my YouTube which is youtube.com forward slash Mr. Midas Games. But you know what? More than anything, just enjoying some some downtime, man. Just really having some time to shut off, play some more games, and yeah, just relax, man, and just get ready for 
get be energetic for um 2021 i've seen the mm. videos like you no. put out a lot of videos and having now being in a place where i'm i'm having to edit video and edit audio i now know how much work that is so every time i see a new video from you like whoa you're <laughs> putting out a lot because i know what goes on behind the scenes yeah it doesn't stop my g it does not stop yeah um so we will put all the uh links in the uh show notes slash description slash we'll put some in chat <laughs> i'm still getting used to doing the the live podcast uh recordings but yeah uh so yeah definitely go go check mr midas out like nigel said puts in like a massive amount of work constantly seeing new stuff uh come out of mr midas's channel and everything that you do uh so we're gonna get some feedback and questions that we've uh gathered off our email and social media our first couple of questions are from rihanna at mckeith over on twitter uh, the first comment is, I really identified with the story of Last of Us 1, uh, redemption, father-daughter bond, but struggled with the revenge narrative of Last of Us Part 2. It's still brilliant, but unlike The Last of Us 1, I keep wishing I could turn back and abandon the story. I, I think we can all kind of get that and have, have spoken on multiple points about I literally that put not the really down to. at certain points. <laughs> I, like, I literally walked away. <laughs> so yeah, I get mm, that. Yeah. Um, and then also has a question. How long could you play The Last of Us 2 in one sitting? And do you feel it's a horror game? There's quite a debate between horror and action. Would love to hear where you stand on it. Well, me and Tazzy have completely different points of view of what a horror game is. <laughs> I don't consider this a horror game, but that underground scene is taken straight out of a Resident Evil game. So when I was playing that, I was like, everyone who's scared of this game, I understand it for this scene because this scene is very, very horror-esque, but I don't consider it a horror game per se. I'm going to go with it. It's a horror game. There are multiple moments where it scares you. Uh, <laughs> so there's like there's actual jump scares in this one as well and i feel like there wasn't as many jump scares in part one uh, but there's definitely way more jump scares in this one uh, and i had all the settings way way down on low uh way down that was the only way i was gonna get through this game in time uh because i did have to take breaks and it wasn't so much because of the story being heavy and more because um zombies are terrifying but also people are terrifying in this game and like i'm just trying to i'm just trying to get to the next with the story and there's zombies attacking me or the seraphites attacking me with that whistling which just adds another level level of creepiness to it and yes so i'm i'm gonna go with it's a it's an action horror with a little bit of drama a lot of drama a lot of drama. <laughs> <laughs> I, hmm, I'm, I'm going, I don't think it's, I don't class it as a horror game. So, but it does have flakes. It's like sprinkled, horror sprinkled in here, in there. So um, in terms of like how long to play it, uh, I usually play for things like hour or so. Um, but that's, that's less because of the game and more because of my short attention span when it comes to play. Like I find it hard to binge things. So like an hour or two, uh, and I'm good. I need to do something else. So I feel like that just naturally fit with the tone of this game. Cause any longer it's, it's a lot to take, uh, in one sitting. So yeah, that was me. 
Hmm. I think I think if I, ideally I would have taken way more breaks uh, and could have done like one or two hours in a sitting, uh, but under the circumstances, I needed to finish it in time for this you podcast. Did well. And you did well. <laughs> as we, <laughs> no, I only just done it, so I've had actually um, sat and played it for like six, four to six hours at a time. But bet- while doing that, I couldn't just sit there and play it for those four to six hours. I would have to like get up and get a snack and take a moment just uh mainly because my heart's in here I'm like <laughs> when we're gonna get killed like what is around this store is this corner I can't deal with this so yeah <laughs> uh the next question is from thing Yuri on Twitter uh who's also in the chat now actually um who are the real monsters the infected or the humans to me the humans are scarier yeah uh, I'd agree with that. Because you know what you're getting with the infected, but the humans, you don't know, especially when the seraphites come in that whistling and that that freaked me out more than, uh, apart from the Rat King bit, yeah, that, that freaked me out. So I, I'd go with the humans because, and that's what I like about these types of games similar to um, The Walking Dead where the zombies become sort of the environment and then it's about the people and how your trust in people just goes way down in those sort of circumstances and you don't know what you're going to get with each interaction. So I'd, I'd agree with that. Mm. Um, um, the, oh, yeah, no, go ahead. Um, the, infle- the infected didn't kill Joel. That's all I've got to say. The infected didn't kill <laughs> Joel. There you go. I've been, I've, yeah, that's the aim. <laughs> I definitely think the humans are scary, but I don't think uh, something being scary makes it a monster. I think the humans are humans, which is highly complex creatures that have bases. Have yeah, they have baseline um, uh, like animal ish, a- animalistic instincts that, if are allowed to take over, can turn them uh, into less human. <laughs> but we have choice and free will. I think they're complicated, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say monsters, uh, but they're definitely scarier because you you don't know what they're gonna do. <laughs> Zombies are more predictable, and you don't you don't know what them you don't know what humans' motives are. You don't know if they've decided uh, that they are good or evil. Well, I suppose everyone thinks they're good in their own eyes, but yeah, it's it's they're they're, they're complicated, <laughs> but definitely scary. Definitely the, the Seraphites were the, the scariest for me because they were the most like unknown for most of that. We didn't know who they were at first. We like really didn't know who they were. We know why they, like, we didn't know what they were up to. They were just these people whistling <laughs> in the darkness. So, yeah. So just a reminder that if you do want to send us any feedback, you can do so feedback at myomada.com or you can hit us up on our social media at myomada on Twitter, at myomadatees on Instagram or at Tazzy on both. And that brings us to the end. I think we've also uh, frozen the the stream window. Um, so yeah, maybe that's a good <laughs> good point to call things to an end. So hopefully people can still hear me as I wrap up the show and say thank you to Mr. Midas, who is currently eyes half open on the stream. But <laughs> thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Um, really appreciate talking to you a lot about this. I'm so glad that we got to talk about two. I can't believe there was a two. And yeah, man, thanks so much for having me on the show. And everyone, yeah, just check out the content and yeah, peace.
Cool. Yeah. And um, yeah, thank you. This is our last episode. So you're helping us round off 2020. So thanks for coming back Mm. and for everyone listening thank you for sticking with us especially uh tomoki thing yuri who's been uh with us the whole way if you're listening to this on our podcast later uh just to let you know that you can also check out our manga uh, on our website myamada.com forward slash manga as i mentioned we are taking a well we've come to the end of season two and look out for bonus episodes and a return to season three of Story X Story in the new year in February. So make sure you're subscribed so that you can get new episodes when they come back. Uh, We also have a Gamepad online event coming on January the 16th. So you can get your tickets, which are free. We are sending um, Christmas artwork to all ticket holders and everyone in our Discord uh, who is there on Christmas Day. So join our Discord as well. And yeah, just in general, stay tuned for more podcast podcast episodes, including creative interviews, video game discussions, and deep dives into stories across pop culture. As always, our email address is feedback at myamada.com. You can also check out the website to listen and subscribe to future episodes. That is myamada.com forward slash story x story. So stay tuned until next time. Stay safe. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And yeah, just talk it out. I think that can <laughs> save save your fingers and talk it out. So take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.